Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Most interesting for health and fitness pros, we've turned the lessons learned coaching over 200,000 clients into a complete nutrition and health coaching system called the Precision Nutrition Certification. It's the industry's most recognized career-changing coaching system anywhere. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will coach you on growing your business, helping more people, and becoming a better coach. We'll help you become more than a personal trainer, strength coach, or nutritionist. We'll help you become the complete fitness professional. So let's get started. Hey everyone, today we're gonna chat about a concept that is rarely discussed in our field, the pros as well as the cons of getting lean and whether or not it's worth the trade-off. Because though we don't like to admit it, even to ourselves as fitness professionals, there can be cons to leanness. Of course, there can be positives too. So it's about finding that sweet spot between the body you want and the life you want for yourself and for your clients. Before we get started, you know, I always like to point out this, I don't want this to be a lecture, right? This should be an active, not a passive learning experience. I encourage you to raise your hand and ask questions during my presentation, not just at the end. This way, your questions are timely and relevant. It works much better than when we have an open dialogue. You get what you need out of it, and it challenges me as a presenter to make sure I cover all of the angles. So please, don't be shy. Six-pack abs, tight glutes, lean, vibrant, flawless health, or at least the perception of it. Right? Those are the images that the fitness industry is selling, and a lot of people are buying into. Okay? But have you ever wondered what it costs to achieve that, that flawless look, right? What you have to do more of and what you might have to give up? Because make no mistake, there are real trade-offs as you attempt to lose fat and improve your health. Okay? Let's talk about some of what they are so you can consider how you and your clients can get the body you really want while living the life you really enjoy. Let's go back to how this concept all started. A little over a year ago at our annual PN team gathering, I was sitting at lunch with our head designer, Carm, and our you know, effective CEO, Phil. We don't really have CEOs at, at PN per se, but that's more or less Phil's role. Carm was in the midst of our PN coaching program as a client. He was about halfway through the year and he was loving it. He was leaner and fitter than he had ever been. And he commented that he couldn't wait until he put on a bit more muscle and lost a bit more fat so he could fully see his abs. Right? So I simply mentioned that to really get those kind of results, he would likely have to do a bit more than he was doing now. He couldn't just do what he had done to lose those first 20 pounds and expect to continue to get leaner and more muscular with the same approach. Right? There's, a, as a cost, there's a diminishing return on his, his approach. It would need to continue to be refined. And that there would be some trade-offs in his lifestyle if he wanted to con- achieve that really lean, muscular look. Right? He was kind of shocked. He figured if he just kept doing his thing, you know, eating pretty well, lifting like two or three times a week, doing some yoga, being generally active that the results would kind of continue endlessly and he would just get fitter and fitter. It never really dawned on him that this would eventually like uh, plateau out, right? He would kind of reach a maintenance point with what he was taking in versus what he was putting out and, it would, and he would look great. He would look how he's kind of looking now, but that it would kind of stall. And if he wanted to continue to progress his body composition and his physique, he would have to actually increase his, out, his output and further refine, refine his input, right? And that there might be some, you know, less than pleasant trade-offs along the way. 
you know, and Phil had been kind of listening the entire time and commented how he had never really heard the concept explained that way. You know, that concept of as you want to keep getting more advanced, like there are more and more trade-offs you kind of need to make. And thus, you know, the, the concept for our most popular blog post and infographic by tenfold that we've ever created was born, right? And so this similar kind of idea plays out with our clients all the time. So let's take a quick look at how this actually has played out with, with two examples. Right? We'll use two scenarios to kind of get this picture of what we're talking about. First, let's start with a guy named Bill. Right? Bill's a guy who's had great success in our coaching. He's lost 30 pounds and 7% body fat, going from unhealthy to like a lean range of body composition, You know, like say 22% body fat to about 15% body fat. Right? He can now run upstairs and work outside without getting winded. He could genuinely enjoy weekend bike rides with friends, right? He even felt for the first time in over a decade, like comfortable taking his shirt off at the beach or at the pool. He was thrilled. He was happy with how he looked and how he felt. But he also just really kind of wanted to see his abs. He could see the outline of them. He knew they were there, right? But they weren't quite like cover model ready or on display without some significant flexing and good lighting, right? But he, so he felt he was so close to looking like really awesome. And he figured with just a little extra work and a little more time, the abs would really start to pop out, right? Maybe even keep doing just what he'd been doing a little bit longer, and that would occur. Meanwhile, another client, Annika, we'll call her, had the opposite concern. She just wanted to lose a little weight, get a little more fit, maybe even get off her blood pressure medications, and prevent herself from having to take some diabetes med medications, as she was recently diagnosed as pre-diabetic. But she worried that in order to achieve these things, She'd have to give up everything that she enjoys, right? Transform her life and kind of become a quote-unquote health nut, you know, and, and, and give up brownies and anytime going to social events with friends, have a 6 a.m. boot camp, you know, drink kale shakes, do lemon juice cleanses, you know, go to the gym five, six days a week, you know, no more dessert forever, you know. So she began to deem this as too much work and not worth the trade-off to her. Being leaner wasn't worth all of that effort. And these client stories kind of highlight two common misperceptions when it comes to improving how you look, feel, and perform. Myth number one is that with just a few small, hopefully imperceptible changes to your diet and exercise habits, or just a little extra work, you can look like a magazine cover model, right? Have shredded abs, bulging biceps, and tight glutes. And myth number two is the idea that getting into shape or losing weight, even just getting a little bit more fit, requires tons of exercise, restrictive diets, you know, cutting out entire food groups, and other intolerable sacrifices that nobody wants to make, right? And of course, like, neither mindset is true. You know, you can make a few small imperceptible changes and get some progress. You're not going to be jacked and ripped out of it, but you can get fitter and healthier without putting in massive amounts of effort. And then you don't have to put in massive amounts of effort to get just a little fitter and healthier, right? But if you want to get really fit and really healthy, the amount, the amount you want to improve is correlated with how much effort you need to put into it, okay? Right, but these myths are often how our clients perceive the process to be. And it's important to clarify this for them, to provide realistic expectations from the outset, right? Whatever their goals. If they have more moderate goals, well, you can have a more moderate approach to get there. If they have more advanced goals, you know, you can progress them to a more advanced process to eventually get them to those goals, right? Because the reality is the process that helps you lose the first 10 pounds isn't the same or the first first 10 pounds isn't the same as the process to lose the last 10 pounds. Indeed, it usually takes a lot more work as you get leaner 
to some degree, it actually becomes exponential, right? And it also takes a lot more time. This is simply a matter of physics and thermodynamics. As you become smaller, you require less calories to maintain that weight. You burn less calories through movement because you are moving a smaller load. And your brain often resists weight loss through multiple mechanisms, like leptin in the hypothalamus, the reward center of your brain, the satiety center of your brain. There's a whole lot of actual stuff going on, like physically and physiologically, that makes this process occur that way. And it's actually what's also helped keep us alive for a couple million years, right? Throughout evolution, throughout time when we didn't have supermarkets and such easy access to food. The second reality is, right, if your goal is to reach fitness model levels of leanness, not everything is as it seems, right? Oftentimes to reach that level of leanness, those type of people will use short-term restrictive diets and intense water manipulation strategies that, that come at a high cost, right? They're only doable for short periods of time. And they're really uncomfortable, right? They're not, not, not a, a process people are going to use on a daily basis. And not to mention, like, you know, you look at images like this on a magazine cover or even in a movie to some degree. They're all photoshopped and touched up to make already lean, fit, healthy, beautiful people look even more amazing and flawless, right? The total cost to achieve this look is usually a lot higher than most people are willing to pay. And if they just realized like how much effort it took to look like that, they may not want to go through that much effort. They may be comfortable being looking still pretty good and utilizing more realistic approaches, right? The third reality is more fortunate, and that kind of segues nicely here. If your goal is to be a more achievable, you know, lean and healthy, rather than say like fitness model lean, which can still be a fine goal if that's your thing, small adjustments can, over time, add up to noticeable improvements. You may not get ripped, you may not be the most muscular guy in your gym, but these improvements can change and perhaps even save lives, including, you know, including yours. It doesn't require massive effort to just make improvements. It requires massive effort to become, you know, exceptionally fit, but to become reasonably fit and healthy and make big differences in your body composition and health doesn't require that level of effort. But let's back up for a second and ask the question, what is a healthy level of body fat anyway? You know, the average American male is actually about 28% body fat, whereas researchers and a host of, of government bodies and agencies will tell you that a healthy male uh, body fat range should be about 11 to 22%. The average U.S. female is about 40% body fat, and a healthy female body fat um, range is about 22 to 33%. So clearly in the U.S., our averages these days are above where we should be. But that doesn't mean you have to go take extraordinary measures just to get into that healthy range, right? Because that's the good news, right? To go from that, you know, kind of overfat level or that unhealthy level of body composition to the higher end of the of the healthy range doesn't require life drastic life changes or complicated dietary strategies, right? You can, in fact, you can just use easy, small, easy to implement changes such as drinking less soda or alcohol or a little less of both, right? Not overeating desserts and processed foods, taking a daily walk or adding a few yoga classes a week. Uh, those kind of changes are often all that it takes to jumpstart this process and kind of start getting you into that upper end of the healthy range. These strategies will not get you ripped, right? They'll kind of plateau out in that area because they're not significant deviations from what you're currently doing, or maybe they're not significant. Okay, so they're not going to get you ripped, but they will improve your health and they will put you on the right path. And that is the key. Right? It's not about perfection, it's about progress. So if we can progress you, 
That's that's the name of the game. And if people want to continue to progress from there, we can do so. If they're content at that spot, if they're healthier, they're feeling better, they're decreasing some medication use or preventing medication use, right? If they're having improvements in other health markers and in their fitness, and they're content with the trade-offs required to get there, then that's great. But if people want to progress, we can then progress them further. Okay. Now, it's important to note here that not every change will feel simple, small, or easy, right? Even if they appear that way to us as fitness professionals. Even in this process, right? Sometimes especially in this process, it requires support and, and validation, right? And it requires assistance from, you know, a coach. It doesn't require as much in-depth nutrition knowledge, but it requires sometimes more coaching skill to help people through the psychological challenges of change that's really what it comes down to right it's not just about the food it's about a mindset it's about an approach and it's about using your coaching skills to help people get there now for the rest of this presentation i'm going to outline what it really takes to lose body fat improve health and move from you know what we call one fitness category to the next to see what it takes to make it from that overweight category or obese category to moderately fit to lean and if you want to go far beyond that like you know, super, super fitness model lean. You know, and I'll cover what this process looks like, giving an honest assessment of what you need to do more of and what you need to do less of, as well as the benefits of progressing along that fitness continuum and the trade-offs that that progression requires. And again, make no mistake, because there are real trade-offs, right? Especially for clients who don't live what I like to call a fitness life, right? They don't want to pack all their food in Tupperware, and they don't want to think about their fitness and their nutrition on a daily basis. To them, those are just tools to help them be fitter and healthier and lead the life they want to live but that's not their life in and of itself right and that's fine okay but there are real sacrifices to be made along the way depending on how far you want to get down that continuum so it's important and necessary to weigh the pros and cons of what that process entails so that you and your clients can make informed decisions about your body and your life first let's look at the benefits and trade-offs of people who would be considered you know, somewhat unhealthy and, and possibly over fat. You know, it's easy to fall back on, right? It can be a, a nice autopilot, doesn't require much thought or work in terms of the benefits, but in terms of the trade-offs, you know, it honestly will lead to poor health, increased inflammation, right? Low energy, poor life expectancy, increased risk of metabolic syndrome and diabetes, right? Increased risk of various medications to manage, you know, a bunch of conditions because obesity increases risk of lots of things, right? diabetes, cancer, cardiovascular disease, you name it. Okay, to reach these levels doesn't require much, you know, in terms of making health improvements. Generally, it's eating, you know, a good chunk of highly processed foods, relatively big portions, maybe eating them pretty quickly, you know, not doing a ton of exercise, not necessarily eating a lot of whole foods. And you can do some of these things, but still end up in this category um, if you're not doing it consistently right? Consistency is such a key thing, or not sleeping enough, or being overstressed. Right? There are other components, of course, and don't take this to be all-encompassing, right? But these are generalities that we see in our coaching practice, and we've worked with, you know, 40,000 clients directly and hundreds of thousands indirectly, okay? But to get from that overweight category into what I might just call a no longer overweight category, just a relatively fit, um, you know, healthier not necessarily what someone would consider lean, but you're no longer in that overweight, you're no longer in that, that, that danger zone, right? Okay, it's relatively small changes that are required. 
things like having an apple or whole fruit instead of fruit juice. You know, having having vegetables with dinner, increasing your vegetable intake to kind of displace some other calorie dense foods. You know, remove cutting back on alcohol a little bit instead of maybe four to five drinks at a time. Maybe it's just one to two or or up to three, but just being a little bit more reasonable, not eliminating, just cutting back. So you know, you or your clients are now in this zone of like a little extra padding, but not too bad. You're more mobile, you're fitter, you're healthier. It's actually a pretty decent place to be. Okay, it's not gonna make you look like a supermodel or anywhere close, but it's definitely getting you out of that high risk area of increased risks of cardiovascular disease and, and diabetes. You're, you're coming now significantly lower in your risk profile. And the benefits are, you know, you also get improved health, energy, improved sleep. Exercise becomes easier and actually more enjoyable, right? Because you're more fit and able to exercise consistently without feeling like it's so difficult. The trade-offs are, you know, it requires some thought and a little bit of planning, and you'll look good, but you're not going to look super lean, right? You're, so you're, you're adding in some effort, and you're not going to get this physique back that you're a stunner at the beach kind of thing, right? But most people, or many people, can be very happy with this level, okay? So it requires you to basically be a little bit more consistent. You know, maybe you're consistently eating slowly until satisfied at like 60% of your meals. You know, getting in some, you know, if you're a man, like one to two palms of protein or a female, like one palm of protein at a couple meals every day. Make sure you're getting in a couple servings of vegetables a day. Exercising, a, you know, three-ish, three, four times a week. Eating fewer processed carbs, but not necessarily reducing things drastically. You know, eating fewer processed foods just in general. Drinking fewer caloric beverages, but not necessarily eliminating, right? That's not required to get to this, this body composition, this, this fitness level. Key thing to note is this is the level most anyone can achieve, right? It's a level of body composition and habit changes that most anyone can achieve. Okay, go back to our client, Annika, right? This is kind of all she wants to end up in this category. She just wants to be a little bit fitter and healthier and remove her need for some medication use or decrease her risk of medication use. She doesn't want to be ripped and jacked and put in a massive amount of effort. She doesn't want to lead that fitness life. That's not her That's not her thing, and that's fine, okay? But to end up here, she doesn't need to lead a fitness life, and that's just something that she didn't quite realize. To her, it was an all or nothing. Either you do what she had been doing, or you transition to being a health nut or a fitness nut, right? And that's not what was actually required for her. So that's where coaching and and an honest conversation, an honest and empathetic conversation can be so important in setting the stage from the outset of what's actually possible with what kind of output. So it's also you know, important to realize this is a level that quite a few clients will want to be fitter and leaner and to dec decrease their risk of chronic disease, to reduce or prevent use of pharmaceutical drugs, but without having to put in a massive amount of effort because it just doesn't really interest them. They have other interests. But it's just enough. It's, it's a, a tool to help them do other things that they enjoy. And that's fine. Okay. Moving forward, like to go from that no longer overweight category to what would be considered a lean body composition requires, again, a bit more work. Right? It's kind of a stepwise thing. You need to increase your consistency a little bit. And when I say no longer overweight to lean, we're probably talking about a male going from like we'll say 18% to, to 14%. Once you're sub 15 for a male, that's actually considered pretty lean in most research circles. Or another example would be a female going from about 28% to about 24%. You're getting into a pretty lean, what would be considered a lean body composition. You'd look pretty good at this body composition. 
okay? So you need to increase your consistency a little bit. You know, have a few more exercise, exercise sessions where you actually break a sweat, right? It's not just, you know, three to five walks a week, which are, which are great. But to get to this level of leanness, you kind of got to up the output just a little bit more, a little bit more intensity. Not always, not for every session, but a couple. And maybe start to add in some focus on improving your sleep quality and quantity and just your recovery in general. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to sleep nine hours a night. Maybe now we're trying to give sleep hygiene recommendations to get that sleep to close to seven hours a night. All right, kind of reach those minimum viable standards to help the progression a little bit more. And there are some good reasons to go to this this level of, comp- of body composition, right? The benefits are that it's, it's somewhat easy to maintain. It doesn't require you no know, huge amount of effort. It will probably be able to reduce or eliminate many, many, if not in some cases, most medications, blood pressure medications, diabetes medications, even statin medications. They'll be able to at least come down in the dosage if you can't eliminate them completely. Because you can't always, right? There are some trade-offs, though. You know, It requires more planning maybe some minor social sacrifices. You know, instead of hanging out with your friends at the bar three nights a week, maybe it's now just one or two, okay? May require some effort, a little bit more attention to maintain this much sleep, okay? May require some time and attention to learn stress reduction techniques, right? It requires a little bit more effort, a little bit more output on your end. So it's a little bit harder, right? It takes a little bit more cognitive processing until it becomes, if you stick with it, it can really become automatic like most things. But it certainly requires more effort in the beginning. You know, you look, what does it generally require? Well, now your consistency has to go up to, say, maybe like 75%. You know, instead of having one or two palms of protein at a couple meals a day, now it's two to three. Same thing with vegetables. Instead of, you know, one to two fists of vegetables, it's at one or two meals a day, it's now two to three meals a day. You know, now you're exercising 30 to 45 minutes, you know, maybe maybe somewhat daily or getting one or two sessions per week where you're working hard and, and breaking a sweat, you know, decreasing your consumption of desserts and processed foods to you know, like three to five times per week, you know, within reason. Lowering your caloric beverage intake to like three to five per week, you know, thereabouts. Okay. And the fact is, this is a level that many, if not most clients will be very happy with. Okay, because it gets you a level of leanness where you feel pretty good. You feel pretty comfortable. You can now see, just like our, our, our guy Bill earlier, right? See that outline of abs, like your fitness levels increase, improve significantly. You're able to do some high-intensity stuff and feel pretty good with it. You're not jacked and you're not ripped. Maybe you're not the fittest guy on the block, but you are in a pretty good spot. And you don't have to have massive amounts of sacrifice to achieve this level, right? A perfect example would be an old college rugby teammate of mine. Now, we both recently moved a couple months ago, and now we only live about 15 minutes from each other. Um, he's always been a big guy, you know, just a big frame, 6'3", you know, 235-pound rugby player. But after a you know, recent um, family tragedy, he's kind of gained some substantial weight, right? And we, I'd reached back out to him after I'd heard about this, and he was all, all for coming to the gym with me because he wanted to, to change. He wanted to kind of get back his fitness a little bit know what he had lost after after that tragedy and so he's been training with me about two to three times a week for probably a month or so now um he doesn't want to actually be jacked and ripped he simply wants to be as he put it you know fit enough you know he threw out 15 percent as a body fat percentage that he'd be happy with he felt like he could live the life he wants to live you know enjoy some wine and dessert pretty regularly be social go out with friends play with his kids you know that kind of thing while having a body, a fitness level, and a health status 
that he's comfortable with. And I thought that was just, you know, it just really clicked with me and resonated with me because as one of the people who was behind the concept of, of this piece and this whole article and infographic and in, in this talk, um, the fact that he threw out the number on his own without any encouragement from me made me feel like we, we were pretty close to the mark, you know, when we, when we put this all together. And we have obviously lots and lots of clients we worked with uh, and have worked with in the past. But to hear it directly from someone and just a conversation, one of the first times we had kind of gotten back together, we hadn't seen each other in a few years. Um, it was pretty it was pretty cool. Right? It made me feel like we were on the right path here. Moving on from that, though, I mean, to get from that that lean level, that like 14, 15 percent um, to an athletically lean level of body fat you know, now requires an increase in work, right? It starts to become almost somewhat exponential, okay? You know, so this is from a male going from like that 14% to almost, you know, maybe even 11% or 10%, right? Or a female going from 24% to like 20, 21%, okay? In order to do this, you know, you're now going to have to work hard for several sessions per week with even more frequent, you know, near daily exercise. Total protein intake needs to be on point, right? With an increase in, in veggie intake. We have to think you have to think and plan ahead for more meals and cut back alcohol and other high calorie beverages to just you know somewhat occasional indulgences maybe one two or maybe at most three per week okay and there are benefits absolutely going to this level like you have a very fit appearance right you will look quite lean you won't have a full raging six-pack as a man per se but you will have a very distinct set of abdominals you know maybe you'll see a good four of them at least Right, same thing with a female, you get that, start getting that line down the stomach. You're not going to have necessarily a really ripped abs, but it's starting to really show, right? You have a higher energy level, better overall health, right? Fewer food cravings due to a uh, balanced diet and exercise regi regime. Once these practices become habitual, this can still be relatively easy to maintain, right? It's a little harder, but once everything kind of becomes your normal and it can go on autopilot, it's not still not drastically over the top to maintain. It does have real trade-offs though, right? It requires more planning, greater overall attention to diet, greater time commitment, right, for the consistent exercise regimen. You may need assistance or coaching to consistently, consistently achieve this whole process, to consistently um, be this accountable and be this consistent, okay? For example, now you gotta up your consistency to maybe in that 90% range, right? We're kind of past the 80s, we blew past the 80s, and now we're getting almost about that 90%, high 80s to 90. You need to include, you know, that palm or two of protein in pretty much every meal, and that fist or two of vegetables at pretty much every meal. You know, you've got a little more leeway maybe with some carbs and fats, you know, that one or two handfuls of carbs to most meals, and one or two handfuls of healthy fats in most meals. But you can, you know, be outside within reason, but it's got to be very, very close, Okay. Exercise needs to be pretty much daily at this point with three to four sessions per week, you know, working hard, breaking a sweat, lifting some, some weights, doing some intervals, that kind of thing. Sleep needs to, need, needs to be consistently at least seven hours, more like seven to eight, working on some de-stressing kind of stuff. And there's some things you have to do less of, right? Like eating less desserts, processed foods, you know, down to just a couple of times per week. It's okay to still have some indulgences, right? People are allowed some discretionary calories. But to get to this level, those discretionary calories come down a little bit more, right? Your caloric beverage intake is now down to one or two per week, okay? So this is a level that many clients want, but might not be willing to live with, right? 
okay, live with the trade-offs. This is what we would call like a level two client. To a, most clients beforehand are what we consider level one clients. In our eyes, probably about 75% or more, 85% of your clients will always wanna be and be comfortable being level one clients, okay? There are clients who may want to achieve this body composition, but may not be willing um, to make the trade-offs to get there, right? To be this vigilant about their intake and their lifestyle. It's hard. And for some people, it can almost be actively unhealthy. You know, if you're trying, if it causes you some, to have uh, inappropriate mindset or that all or nothing mindset, or you know, it can lead to some uh, poor ways of viewing food, you know. But there are obviously people who do this and do this very well in a very healthy manner. But in the range of probably something like 10 to 15% of your clients who will be able to get to this point. Okay. To go from athletically lean to super lean now requires significantly more work, right? To now for men get to that single digits, right? To go from that 11% to that 8%. Or for women to get sub 20, to go from 21 to like 18% requires a lot more work. I was trying to go exponentially up that curve of effort. Okay, you need to train hard pretty much every day. You need to start employing some more complex nutritional strategies. Because I, I have a saying that I'm a big fan of, um, only make nutrition as complicated as it needs to be, not as complicated as it can be, right? Because you can make nutrition very complicated. For most of the body compositions we've seen up until now, you can keep it pretty simple, like a pretty linear intake, you know, just making sure you're controlling total intake. That's all that's required for most people. Now that you're getting into this level two section, you know, we're getting men close to that 10, 12% women, you know, in that um, low 20s or now men single digits, women sub 20, you're going to start requiring some more complicating factors, doing things like calorie and carb cycling, some nutrient timing. You'll have to start playing around some of these things to help basically fool your physiology. Um, to help you get this level of leanness because it's not for most people not a level of leanness that your body is willing to let you get to there are some people who seem to be genetically predisposed to being this lean but they are a very small percentage so you can't use them as the example right for most people it requires significant effort to get here you'll have to be very consistent with your exercise and, and intake and, and cut back on alcohol and other high calorie beverages to very rare indulgences you know we're talking like one of them, one or two every couple of weeks, right? Consistency needs to be in that 95% plus range, okay? There are some benefits, right, to getting here. You're probably gonna look extremely lean. You know, you're, you're definitely gonna have those six-pack abs. You know, your overall health should be very good, you know, because you're not getting to a point of leanness where you see problems with hormonal status for the most part, um, and your intake has to, and your exercise output have to be very good to get here. Trade-offs, well, you may start to struggle in social situations, right? Especially those involving food. You have to be that, that guy or that girl who doesn't partake in a lot of the food offered at social situations. Maybe you even start to bring some of your own food to those social situations. And that, you know, for some people that can be hard. That can be a real challenge. Other people revel in it and that's, that's fine. That's their thing, right? You may have to give up other hobbies and interests outside of fitness, okay? You have to do a lot more stuff. You know, like I mentioned before, it starts to become exponential. Not only are you having to be more consistent, you have to start adding other things, right? So your protein, your veggies, your carbs, your fats have to be on point at every meal. You know, your carb intake now maybe becomes 
less overall and, and more focused on having it post-workout to help you re reach this level of body composition because your calorie intake has to come down, right? You start to incorporate that calorie and carb cycling approach. You know, on, on non-training days, you don't really have a whole lot of carbohydrates. You keep it pretty minimal. Maybe it's a little bit of fruit or some, you know, one handful per meal for a man or half for a woman instead of one, you know, two for a man and one for a woman. And then on training days, you up your cal your carb intake, especially post-workout, that kind of thing. Um, your exercise output has to go up four to five sessions a week where you're, you're working hard, breaking a sweat. You know, sleep has to go up. Stressing needs to come down. Working on ma stress management. You know, limiting your carbs to just higher carb days. Eating processed foods, you know, once every one to two weeks. Sometimes it's intentional. It's like a refeed, you know, decreasing your caloric beverage intake to just like I said before one or two times once every one to two weeks right you're gonna have to limit your eating at restaurants just to make this possible right? to it because to control your intake this this intently okay quite honestly this is a level that very few clients can achieve it's still in the realm of what we consider to be a level two client but even on the high end of that spectrum okay to live this way in a sane manner is difficult for even the most emotionally mature of clients it's doable, right? There are people who absolutely do it. Um, but when you're looking at the bell curve of the population, okay, most people are going to fit in that level one, right? Very few are going to fit in this level two area. Some people can do it, but not most of us, okay? So probably no more than 5% of your clients will reach this level unless you're working with physique competitors and people in, you know, bodybuilding and that kind of thing. If you're working with people who's make their livelihood from a very specific body composition, then yes, obviously you're going to have a lot more people in this realm. But if you're working with the general population or even even elite athletes, not many of them are actually this lean. Okay. And finally, okay, to go from that uh, super lean to almost like a beyond lean to just that, that body composition that you can only maintain for a very short period of time, a day or so. Okay. This requires... An unsustainable amount of work quite frankly right so if you're a male saying going from eight percent to five maybe even four percent anybody who says they go really below four percent um is either misleading you or is mismeasured because men need at least three percent body fat as essential fat just just to function just to live um, or a female going from like 18 percent to maybe like 15 percent 14 percent uh, that this is insanely low levels of body composition. It's achievable, but oftentimes with drugs, uh, can, can be done without. You see natural bodybuilders who do it and physique competitors, but it is insanely hard. Okay, you need to train hard pretty much every single day, even if you are, if you're even capable of doing it. Oftentimes they are very fatigued uh, from how low their calorie intake is to get this lean. Right, you need to follow, you know strict predetermined meal plans use complex nutritional strategies right? they have to be the norm cycling calories and carbs using very specific nutrient timing protocols um, eating at very certain times of day your intake has to be spot spot on you probably have to avoid any caloric beverages except for maybe some in intentional ones like a peri workout that kind of thing because you don't really have room for those calories in your intake your life will pretty much have to be devoted to this process Right, to get this level of leanness you know why, why do people go to this level what do they get out of it well some people their salary may depend on it or their income may depend on it and that's that's you know that is what that is and you can as a coach you need to know how to help people do that if that's if that's their job right people might feel pride at achieving 
this level of body composition at this athletic goal. It is it is impressive, right? It requires significant effort and vigilance, okay? But there are a lot of trade-offs to this, right? It can require, or it will require, difficulty in socializing in most situations where food is involved, right? Many people who go through this process where it takes, you know, 12, 16 weeks to get this level of leanness when they're already starting out very, very lean, um, you know, they don't go out with friends. They, Or if they do, they don't drink anything or they just have a, you know, diet soda because um, you just can't afford to have slip-ups on the process to get to get here. So you may lose out on fun events with family and friends. You know, it's a big time commitment to measure and weigh and track all of your food. You know, the hyper focus on diet and exercise can contribute to like a disordered eating pattern. Maybe not a true eating disorder, but certainly what we would classify as a disordered eating pattern, right? The time required for exercise may crowd out all other pursuits and, and interests, right? Your life has to be dedicated and focused to this. It requires basically. 100% consistency. We have 99.9%, right? Using calorie and carb cycling, following that meal plan specifically, measuring food, you know, it's everything's got to be spot on. Getting lots of sleep, lots of recovery. I mean, you're utilizing any and all measures possible at the highest level to get here. You're basically, everything else is put on hold. Processed foods or, or desserts, you have maybe once or twice within your whole you know, 12, 16 week process of, of getting to this level of leanness. And that's usually intentional as like a refeed where you're avoiding caloric beverages. You have to avoid eating at restaurants because you can't control the intake, that kind of thing, right? It's not easy, right? This is a temporary level. This is what we would consider a level three client. It's not sustainable and it's not meant to be. It's simply to achieve a very specific body composition for a very specific purpose and, t- and time. It's not meant to be something you walk around at because it's just, it's not, it's not possible for most, for 99% of the population or more, right? We would say less than 1% of your clientele will be made up of level three clients. Unless again, you're working with physique competitors, fitness models, bodybuilders, that kind of thing. But even for them, this is a temporary body composition. Most of them live in that level two area and then they will cut down to this level three for a show or for a photo shoot or that kind of thing, but they don't live here. It's, it's impossible even for them, right? Because it has negative effects on hormone status, has negative effects on body processing, has negative effects on energy levels, you know, you name it, okay? So like I said, they simply employ these strategies to achieve this look for a specific time. Often, because most people who live here, their livelihood depends on it, right? Maybe they're a, a wrestler or an MMA fighter who has to cut down to a very specific weight for their weight class for that one weigh-in. And then they rebound up 15, 20 pounds for the actual fight. Well, you, you will use level three strategies and water manipulation to get there, but it is just for a very short period of time. And then they get back to their level two, or oftentimes for a lot of athletes, level one levels of eat. Okay. So a key thing to realize is that at some point, many of your clients will decide that being severely out of shape costs them too much energy health, quality of life, and longevity. So they choose to change their behaviors and goals with your help, right? Other clients decide they want six-pack abs, and they discover that this option costs them something too, right? Some folks are willing to pay that cost, but most aren't, right? Even if your clients think they like that six-pack, it might turn out they actually want something else a little bit more that inhibits that result. And you shouldn't blame them, right? I don't blame them, nor should you, right? Because it's your body or their body and their choice, 
Okay, if they want to get that lean, you have the tools and the wherewithal to help them get there. But if they choose not to, because they don't want to make the trade-offs, that's fine too, right? As long as it's an informed choice. So here are two, the two basic principles to keep in mind, right? Number one, if you want to make further changes to your body, you need to make further changes to your behaviors. And number two, the leaner you want to get, the more of your behaviors you'll have to change, right? Sounds pretty simple, and it is. But what you decide to change and how much you decide to change is up to you, right? What's most important here is that you understand what it actually takes to do whatever it is you want to achieve, okay? Or, or you think you want to achieve, because a lot of clients will change their mind along the way. They might decide they want to get leaner. They like this process. They like this lifestyle. They like how they look and they want to take it up a notch. That's great. You can help them do that. Some clients may think they want to get super lean. Then along the way, they realize, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to make these trade-offs. So you kind of hold it up right where you're at, right? But you don't utilize those level two strategies with someone who's not even close to it. You only utilize the appropriate strategy to help them progress to the next level, okay, that they want to get to. So with that in mind, right, you and your clients have to decide what level of leanness is worth its trade-offs to you, right? What level are, are worth the results? Because having a six-pack doesn't auto automatically make you healthy. In fact, getting too lean can be actively unhealthy. You might end up with amenorrhea, low libido, disordered eating, right? Weak bones, social isolation, and some other issues, okay? Some elite bodybuilders and fitness competitors, like they rely on drugs, like stimulants, diuretics, steroids, other pharmaceuticals to help them achieve that look and sometimes just to keep them going when they get that level of leanness. Many folks even rely on cosmetic surgery, which obviously can create its own health risks, right? In short, being really lean has almost nothing to do with being really healthy, okay? Indeed, for many people, being too focused on getting lead, on lean may lead you away from good health, right? So clarity is essential in this process. It's essential for change. If you think you may want to change how much body fat you have, you need to start by getting a clear idea of where you're at, of where you're starting at, what's your starting point, right? Or what's the starting point for your clients? Help them realize what that starting point is. Then figure out your goals and priorities. If you don't know what your priorities are, now's a great time to explore that, right? Decide what you're willing to do right now in order to serve those goals and priorities, and why. Decide how often, how consistently, and how precisely you're willing to do those things. Decide what you're not willing to do right now and think about why not, right? And write down why not. In the above steps, you know, be brutally honest and realistic, yet compassionate with yourself, right? Because no one's judging you here. It's your body, your choice, right? Now you have your action plan and you know where you are on that cost-benefit continuum. You can, if you know where you are and where you want to go, now you also know the tools to help get you there. And it might change along the way, and that's fine. But you need to know that starting point and the end point to help figure out where you're comfortable with and where you want to head. Okay. So in the previous slides, I provided rough estimates for what it might take to achieve specific levels of leanness or muscularity or even simple health improvements like getting off medications. Right. But a key thing to realize here is this is just a general guide. Right. This is this applies to most people most of the time. Right. It's something to get you thinking, right? but it's not necessarily going to be the perfect approach for everybody or the exact approach for everybody because we all have differences, right? You may need more tailored guidance or coaching for yourself. You know, clients will obviously need some help with coaching. Age, gender, genetics, medical conditions, and pharmaceuticals can all affect what you'll need to do to get and stay lean. If tracking your body fat is important to you, make sure you have a valid way to do it. 
<clears throat> if you don't care to be that precise, you can use other really helpful indicators like your belt notches, you know, how your clothes are fitting, even just pictures, right? And that can be really cool too. So here's what to do next. One, take the long view, right? Whatever change you want to make, remember, it will take time. Eating one big rich meal won't make you fat and overweight. Fasting for 24 hours won't give you six pack abs, right? A simple, fan, a simple plan followed consistently is better than a complex plan followed intermittently. Or another way I like to put it is a B quality plan followed with B or A consistency is going to get you better results than an A quality plan followed at C level consistency because consistency is ultimately the arbiter of success. Okay, number two, review what's involved. To reduce your body fat from unhealthy to healthy, you need to only make a few changes, right? And follow them at most 80% of the time. To go from normal to reasonably lean, you need to um, make a few more changes and have increase that consistency a bit more. To go from lean to very lean, you have to put in significantly more time and effort, right? It starts to become exponential like we talked about. Okay. And then to get from very lean to super, you know, really, really level lean, it needs to become somewhat almost obsessive, right? We need to start measuring and weighing things and being very, very, very particular at almost all times, okay? And remember those two basic principles. If you want to make further changes to your body, you'll need to make further changes to your behaviors. The leaner you want to get, the more behaviors you'll have to change and the more consistency, consistently you'll have to change them, okay? So number three, get clarity on what you want. Review that getting clear, getting real list, right? What matters to you? What are you willing to do and not do, right? There's no right answer. It's just whatever works best for you, right? Again, your body, your choice. What's most important is that you understand what it takes to get a certain outcome, and then you have the power to choose whether or not you want to get there, okay? Healthy, athletically lean, or super lean, it's up to you. It all depends on your priorities and your goals, okay? Now you can make the decisions and get the body you really want while still living the life you really enjoy. If you want to really see this visually, right, I highly recommend checking out our amazing uh, Cost of Getting Lean infographic. It's really cool, kind of encapsulates this whole idea in an easy-to-read format. Um, and you can download this PDF and, and share it with your clients or have clients print it off and, and have it for themselves as a reference point. Right? And that's it, guys. If you want any, any more about us, about PN and what we do, check us out at precisionnutrition.com, and I'll take any questions you have. Thanks. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.